let's just say I'm saber rattling and you're like, yeah. oh shit, okay, I'm going to get my 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 shit together. I'm gonna get my systems right or whatever it is. You know, I'm not making just a play for a summit or our mastermind or whatever, but something. You join another group and you say, okay, this could be the year. And you get everything refined, you get your vision straightened out, your practice is thriving, and it doesn't melt down the economy. What have I done? What what ha, what what poor service have we delivered for somebody? It's just a call to get like like with my the the health monitor I'm doing right now. You know, I had that. You know, I, I probably told you both. I had a, my a my hemoglobin A one C elevated a little bit. Doesn't mean shit, but left unchecked for five years, I'd probably have diabetes, and it's a wake up call. I think the same thing. Like we was talking about, you have to be your own advocate for your healthcare. You have to be your own advocate for your finances, and your own advocate and your own your own person in charge for your business. Hundred percent. This is the this is the call. This is the midlife crisis for a lot of people. Yeah, you're making a call to get your shit done. Yeah, yeah. I think the it, call is not yeah. so much just hey, well, just throw in the towel and surrender. I think it's, it's well, it's one of the choices. Oh, I just showed up at Flash and they had a bunch of fajitas here. And it's such a Texan thing. Just grab a tortilla and go. Well, yeah. I'm uh, I'm pretending I'm eating healthy for the last two weeks. So yeah, tortillas is not the you're way. Right, no, you're identifying. <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had a I had a breakdown last night of this is fucking ridiculous. I'd rather be fat and happy. And uh, <laughs> oh my god! So this Craig, morning I woke up and I had a don't real nice, real nice lunch, and then had a uh, had a tortilla just as a. A reward. Hey, listen, we love you just the way you are, Trey. But uh, that's why. That's why I love you guys. Speaking of that, accepted. Speaking of that, the last pod you were on was fire. I was so proud. I think it was probably great because I was off. You know, I think (laughs) I think I stuck up all the oxygen, and Trey gets a chance to finally speak. Can you speak on this one? I'm gonna try to speak on this one. I don't know. I don't know. Not just about tortillas, but add your knowledge. I yeah, but I got a lot of knowledge on tortillas. Well, let's 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 segue into something, Peter. Where are you taking this? Where are you steering this? Taking this into into serious business land. Let's man. do it. But first, you know what I got to do. Play it. Everyone's got to do a little. Craig, let me see it. All right. By the way, yeah. Craig's working on a new intro, which is going to be fire. fire. It's going to be awesome. Is that, right, that he doesn't like yours? So here's the I deal. I don't really guys. like. Yeah, I'm happy you brought That's it what up. I'm gathering. Right? Yeah, I'm I don't. Gathering. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. I'm not feeling it. It was okay. good for when it was. We need a new intro. Now we're ready for change. So here we are today, Tuesday, March 14th, right? Beware the Ides of March. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a weird world right now. If you're not paranoid right now, you're probably a fool. Let me tell you why. This is not tin hat shit, Trey. I hear you laughing. But we're not going to be able to stop interest rate hikes. Banks are failing left and right Oh, that's another sphere mongering. I like it. A, I like where you're got, going. We got a World War Three proxy war going on. Oh. People are turning into becoming flat broke. Facebook's firing or you're just being fired. Bitcoin is climbing at about $1,000 a day. Mm-hmm. Chat GPT-4 was just released today, which is almost like comparing Chat GPT-3 and four to being earth to and the white. sun, earth and the sun. No, oh. I mean, <laughs> right. So, so if you're not just a tad bit paranoid about like all the movements going on right now, you shouldn't, you should be. I, I'm a fool. Cause I'm not so paranoid right now, but I did okay. buy, I did buy some Bitcoin, bud. Which, which would mean that would be micro paranoia for you since yeah, you so so micro aggression. Yeah. He's dipping back in. I dipped the whistle. Yeah. So here's the good news though. Inflation has fallen to six percent. You guys, lining? is that the so, silver lining? No. That, here's the problem, though. So the data is still telling the Fed is still telling the data of inflation data is still telling the Fed needs to continue raising because six is still too high, even though it's going down. But all these banking crises right. that are going on have uh, have kind of had the Fed conflicted, and they, what they might have to do is decrease interest rates and print money again, which the money printer gets turned back on, right? The burr, the burr money printer gets turned back on. Also, Moody's just cut. You know, Moody's does all the rankings on companies and stuff. Oh, you guys yeah. Know. That's all bullshit. They just, well, okay. 
but they cut their outlook from the U.S. banking system from stable to negative. No. Yes, citing a quote-unquote rapidly deteriorating operating environment. I didn't know that. So when did that happen, Pete? As today. Where did, was this on Tinfoil News Network? Yep, tinfoil, tinfoil.com is where is, I, I am a gold subscriber. Are you sponsored by Reynolds by any chance? <laughs> is that where we're going? All right, look. It is no, 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 I hear you. That's that, but that's alarming. That is actually alarming. Look, uh-huh. it, it's <clears throat> yes, I know this is a general failure. podcast. Yes, I know we are not, we are not uh, of the uh, financial acumen as the all in pod or CNBC or something like that, but we are. I think it's it's important for us to bring awareness to that. And if look, if you had your head in the sand, you didn't know about the this Silicon Valley bank. Trey, did you know about this? I did. Okay. Yeah. So like the good old fashioned bank run just happened and it exposed the current um the current debt marketing, the, the current debt, what am I trying to say? Well, the, the 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 leverage that banks use on your deposits. Yeah, the debt based monetary system, right? right. Yeah, is so is listen, kind of Peter, be a house of cards. One of the things that I always say about you, and I, I love most about you, is that you were out, you're always really far ahead. Mm. So when you were talking Bitcoin 2019, 2018, I know by the time you brought it to, to me, it was that time. You were saying that you you remembered this story right around COVID. Um, actually, it was March of 2020 when you, this story hit you. When yep. you wanted to draw, you, you, you called me. I think I don't know. Trey, you were on the. Someone was on it. Maybe it's Dwight. I don't remember. But it was like a. It was three of us talking, and it was this idea that uh, do you haven't gone to the supermarket yet? You got to get like you got to store up on some like anti fever, you know, some Tylenol, yeah, yeah, yeah. Advil, and make sure you get some toilet paper. Like, things are, yeah, are going to get real. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And I'm like, so I went to the supermarket, and then you were telling me earlier that day you went to your bank. And, you know, I want to pull a $20,000. Like, we don't have your money. And it sets you off down this rabbit hole of like, what do you mean you don't have my money? This is the bank. And you had this real understanding at that point after the research that you put this money in the bank and then the mon- the bank takes it and makes investments with it. Right. And that and it was a very big uh, shift for you. And well, I remember it. And, 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 Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, and and I think that's what fueled your initial uh, positivity into crypto and, and mm-hmm. Bitcoin specifically, mm-hmm. uh, because you're like, well, if the money is not here and money can just be made up and blah, 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 blah. And one of the reasons why I got out of Bitcoin, and I just want to say this, and I got back in two days ago, is because I, I always said, like, at a certain point, you know, if you have enough cash, you can deploy it and put into great assets. But then when you see what happened at SVB, and there were de- depositors at risk of losing their money. It's like it doesn't seem like Bitcoin is so suspect because at least, you know, you know, and I even texted you. I'm like, I'm back in. You're like, yeah, be your own bank. You wrote, you wrote, be your own bank. Right. And it was just, so, I, I don't so know. So clarify a few things on that story because you're right. But the timelines are a little bit skewed. That didn't, that didn't like give me conviction into the space of crypto. Right. It was just another data point that I was saying, holy shit, what a house of cards. So, yes, you're right. Maybe I'm a little early to things because I was calling it kind of a house of cards back then because it wigged me out. Yeah, fact, it gave you the it, feeling that you had made a good choice, though. Uh, well, kind of, yes, Trey. Or I just thought that maybe I was just the only paranoid one, right? Which is kind of quote unquote <laughs> yeah. being the early, like Craig always says. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was an interesting uh, exercise. And that, and I kind of dug into that. And so to, to go to the bank and let's just say you have, you know, I had five times the amount of money that I was asking that I had deposited there. It gave them that good faith, right? In my ideas, it was as safe as under my mattress, right? And so I'm assuming, my dumbass is assuming it's sitting there in the vault behind them. So I'm just wanting to ask for it. And to, to Craig's point, no, that money has been, not only is it not there, but it's being lent out and, and has been bought with either treasury bills or given out as loans and has been rehypothecated 10, 20 times over. So lending, yeah, that's the fractional. And so that's remember Greece. Oh, remember what Greece? Yeah, remember Greece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So everyone around that time when everyone started thinking about that, and you are you started hearing. I think it's Nancy Pelosi said there's a soundbite of her saying, "Well, we can just take everybody's uh, retirement, their 401 case." Yeah. yeah, and you had all this, and everyone's like, "Ah, that's bullshit. That can't happen." Like, and then Greece happens, 
and you start having that whole mindset of, oh shit, none of this is, I mean, this is trust. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, look, there's a it's thing. Consensus. It's consensus. There's a thing in and trust. There is a there is a phrase in crypto that is that is that is pervasive in the industry. Not your key, and you guys have probably even heard this. Not your keys. Not your crypto. Right. Which essentially means you are not. If you are not the custodian of your money of your funds, then you are victim to things like the Celsius and the Luna crisis and the Voyager where there has been failures in these crypto quote banks. And if you don't have the keys, you're not the custodian. Same thing is actually the case with SVB. And now looking at looking at your terms and services for your bank, I guarantee you that yes, you are you are FDI and uh, FDIC insured for up to $250,000, but you are not the custodian of those funds any longer. Right. And so what's interesting about this is, and I'm not trying, this was not intended to be a crypto versus banking. Cause I, I don't like Craig, like I said, before we hit forward, I'm not rooting for, for, for banking to fail and crypto to win. Right. I don't, I don't think, I don't think one has to lose for the other one to win. I think they both can prosper and do well. Right. I think they can both live in an abundant parallel world. It's just, in actuality, no bank can pay back all its depositors at once. And I think that's freaking weird, right? So banking is just a confidence game. And you have to just assume that not everyone's going to do a bank run on the purpose. And that's what happened with SBB, right? I mean, if you don't know the story, I mean, basically, there, there, it was contagion that happened on rumor. And then basically, that because it was such a big funded VC bank, venture capital bank, some of those venture capital people were telling some of their primary companies that they had invested in, hey, go get all your money out because this bank's about to fail. And then it just turned into a free-for-all. And the fact that, like, honestly, they were stuck in long-term, SVB was stuck in long-term yielding. Treasury bonds. Treasury bonds, exactly. Which is crazy that they bought them at 2 and 3%. Like, we were doing the opposite. We were borrowing money for as long as we could. They're locking it up for as long as they could at that same rate. Like, how irresponsible. So this is the irony. It's crazy. The banks were failing because they bought treasuries, which is a full stop, should be the safest asset in the world to buy, right? And they're well, failing. no, it's access to your money. It's locked for 10 years. Right. You would That's assume problem. that a United States we, treasury we, is the safest we, asset in the world. Right, but we put our money in the bank because we need access to it. We, in other words, if we have a longer timeline, we invest it. If we're not sure what to invest, we hold it in the bank for for the need that we need immediate liquidity. We need liquidity, and then the bank turns around and locks it away. Right. You know what I mean? And, and let's well, talk. Look, let's, we've, we've had this warm fuzzy though, Craig. Right. The the FDIC and you and I had a conversation yesterday. As I was leaving the gym, and you're like, "Look, I've got way more. Ex- I, I feel exposed now because." my aggregate amount is way higher than the FDIC insured amount that I have. Right. And so it's this paradigm shift. It's all of a sudden you think it's, Oh my gosh, everything is so safe and neat and tidy. And it's just like being under my mattress. But now you felt like vulnerable. Like, what do I do? Do I have to diversify into 10 accounts or whatever? So So the FDIC will cover you for 2.5 million. If you have 10 accounts at each at 250, but if it all happens to be in one institution, you're fucked. I mean, that makes no sense. It's like wearing a, it's like wearing a mask to go in a restaurant and sitting down, taking it Mm. off like that rule. Remember that one? Trey, do you know how much just, and you don't need to know this, but could you take a guess on how much the FDIC has in its its treasury to back up this this amount. Oh, I have no idea. I wouldn't even know to guess. Well, All right, knows. Well, yeah. well, it's Please just tell. interesting because it's it's not common knowledge until you dig in. I only know because I got interested, Greg. Right? I know you're trying to poke that. Like I'm asking. No, no, we talked about it yesterday. It's cool. Yeah, and so so basically, in the banking system, what's insured, Trey, is about twenty two trillion dollars worth of quote unquote insured accounts. Okay, according to my account, FDIC account, regulation. account yeah okay. yeah according to according to ones that would apply yeah in the treasury account for that insurance policy essentially there's 225 billion dollars so a magnitude of difference of 22 trillion versus 222 billion which is which is one percent right so they 1%. have one percent one percent of the deposits are insured 99% of money in deposits in banks is not insured. That's why this was so important that the, that the government came in and backs, did a backstop on this SVB 
because if they hadn't, it would have caused contagion and every regional bank, every non SIB, which is SIBs is a, is a systematic important bank, right? There's only only four in the U S bank of America, Wells Fargo, um, shit, I don't even know the other two, but those kind of, we have like four really systematic important banks. And basically what they were saying was, unless you do a backstop, the only four that are safe are those. So people are going to, going to basically take all their money out of regional banks and local banks and put them in the, uh, the four SIBs if they hadn't done the backstop, which they did do the backstop and it's kind of stopped the contagion. But as you guys saw, and I don't know if you looked at like, uh, your at stock quotes yesterday, banking stocks just got beat yeah, up yesterday. Oh. Yeah. So look, bank of America is actually up today, which is interesting, but well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a reflex, like, reflex, right? Meaning yeah. the reflex yesterday was, Oh, people panic and they oversell. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I, you know, I don't want this to be something about bankings. I feel like we get into economics a lot or chat <laughs> GPT, but it, it is, it has been relevant enough. I think there's enough weird scenarios going on that, you know, it's like, I always say guys to people, even in our mastermind a lot, like it's just really important that we pick our head up out of the sand, get out of dentistry for a second, look at the macro around you so that you can plan and pivot for, for things that may come down the way. Um, and I just think that's so important as a business owner or. So, a- I mean, that begs the next question. How do you plan? <sighs> yeah, that's doomsday a question. Of, okay, well, I'm going to keep X amount of dollars under my mattress just in case. No. Yeah. And all the way up to, okay, I'm going to divide it up into 10 banks or however many banks you need to put whatever your dollar amount you're keeping in as cash deposits in separate banks that's a great that's a great question and honestly we got chastised for that Craig and I before you know this was maybe a year and a half ago when it was we were talking about the inverted yield and and someone was saying like okay cool like you're bringing up this information they were crushing us they said you bring up this information but like what the fuck do we do right like don't just tell a problem give a solution and and sometimes it can't always be a solution like oh do these three things i'm going to and lay your stake in the sand and say do that because honestly these are people's lives at stakes right meaning that if you give bad intel right i am not a, i am not an expert in this I, I think it's just wise to have three intelligent people that are in the same concentration of an industry i.e dentistry talk about these variables so that maybe maybe there is a solution maybe it opens up an idea for someone and Trey, maybe it is, maybe it is diversify into many accounts. I don't know. That seems super clunky to me. Oh yeah, for sure. But I would rather be clunky than lost. Well, and, and yeah, <laughs> there's, there's that. I don't, I don't think that. I think that, um, like to, to your point, Peter, earlier, that I don't believe that we're at the precipice of the the banking system falling apart. I, you know, we are, we are, we have very loose monetary policy. I mean, the amount of money that's being sent to, you know, for that proxy war in Ukraine could remedy this. We're, we're starting to feel we're, this is the hangover of the boom time. Like the reason why the SBB thing, one of the reasons why it got compounded was because you can have all these tech startups that literally have no profit. And they're just burning cash and hiring people and cappuccino machines in every corner, like the Twitter headquarters. And those companies were valued at astronomical market values. And the market is cooled. The banking system didn't react. I mean, Elon, what Elon did with with Twitter was, I mean, you saw the the TikToks of the Twitter employees day where they right. walked in like the first thing I do is I make myself an avocado toast and then I go to the rooftop and then I and then I have. A, I mean, this is real. They were yeah. really saying that. You're right. And then Elon's like, what the fuck do you do here? You don't do anything. You're a blogger. You're fired. And then all the boards of every tech company were like, hey, do what Elon did. And yep. Mike uh, Benioff from Salesforce did the same thing. People moved in those more austere measures to, to create profit and focus on profit. Mark Benioff actually said the, the number one thing we're going to focus on is profit. So as you bring it to dentistry, because I want to land it in dentistry, when we are we are very closely tied to this discretionary spending of the U.S. consumer. And I know we talked about this before and you both said we're in the recession. You know, you both were very, you know, all all three said we're in the recession. And I think from uh, uh, the nuanced perspective of the definition of recession, yes, we are. But I want to go back to what I said. I said that I don't think the consumer feels the pain yet. And then this is the next level of that pain. This is where the like fill it, don't crown it. I think this is the beginning of that. 
And it's important for us because we've all had, we all have a hiring problem. We can't find people. The, the tendency is that as unemployment rises, we're going to want to hire five assistants and seven assistants mm-hmm. and be gluttonous on our employment because we're expecting it to, to rock it up. But I just think this is just another reminder that your money isn't just safe. You should look right. at assets instead of just cash. And there could be a, a rattle, a significant rattle in consumer confidence, which will affect our cash registers. And a healthy dose of paranoia, That's if this is all good. wrong, if if it's just if we're just paranoid and like, oh shit, I you know, I didn't need to well, do that. Let me let me let me let me summarize what you said, Greg, just the way I heard it. Basically, you're saying now is that if ever there was a time to be lean and mean, it is right. now. Right. right. But not to the point of being anemic with with where you are, because we're just right. not in that in that crisis mode. Trey, go ahead. You're about to say something. Uh, so that's a good summary and it goes back we said this on a number of pods back but it that's a good summary and it leads to the fact of of how you should behave a hundred percent of the time Mm -hmm. of you have a model you stick to your model and you run that machine the same way all the time right and when there's excess yeah bull market or bear market you're saying when there's excess good for you you can use it to expand you can draw it you know take it as distributions you can put it to work in other other industries there's all sorts of stuff you can do but the model itself What's generating your cash in dentistry is going to continue to generate that cash. And if you're always running lean, then you should be able to survive the downtimes no matter what. And then the the boom times is just going to distribute more. So stick with what you know works as opposed to always reacting to <laughs> environments. Do you guys know, um, so I know we've talked about kind of KPIs a lot. And I don't know if we've talked about them here or maybe it's been mastermind a lot recently and i know we spoke about some trey when and the uh to sell or not to sell pod yeah one thing that i've been that has been interesting to look at and this is something that like more tech companies do and more other industries do from a kpi perspective i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here morgan i'm gonna pull it back is is you look at either revenues per employee or ebitda per employee per year okay which would actually and, equate, by the way, Peter, to percentage of gross for employment costs. Well, it'll give you a, a, a basis, right, of, of for if you have a million dollar practice and, and let's call it maybe a $10 million practice and a 49,000, 49 employees, right? You're looking at uh, about a $200,000 per employee per revenue scenario. Right. And so, so where I'm going with that is it's just another way to kind of look at data to say, am I lean and mean? Right. Where was I chart that over time? When have, when have I been the most efficient? And maybe that's my gold standard because your gold standard tray for revenues per employee may be quite different than, than Craig's. Right. And, and it may be all different, but look for the sustainable number. And so I'm actually going to start tracking that, not because I think that that's a great dental number, but, but it's another data point in this unknown territory that I think we're entering where no one really knows what's happening. Right. I gave you that the interest type interest rates are going crazy. You know, are they going to start pumping money back in? Are they going to start pulling money in? What's going to happen? Like no one knows. Well, right? I think we can, we, we can speak to some uh, higher degree more than just speculation that interest rates will not now rise because they're worried about, you know, so what, what was it? Goldman Sachs just said that the interest rate that was expected to be hiked for March will not. Correct. So that the, the, they're not sticking with the plan. You know, the plan was is to like stop this market and it's not going to be stopped. So inflation there, there, therefore will continue to advance and, or not. And be there, it has been said, Craig, that the backstop, not just on the SVB, but the backstop on all of the equities that are kind of, I'm sorry, all the treasures that are underwater is on the order of about $2 trillion. Wonderful. So think about that. Right? I think this maybe this is bad news for Zelensky. He might not get all he wishes now. <laughs> maybe Because we, we literally have given him a blank check, mm. a blank check to that government, uh, like with no, with no end in sight. It's been intimated by, I mean, our treasury went over, our treasury, Yellen went over there. So I, I think that this, this, this monetary policy of blank checks to everything yeah. leads itself to the printing press just going on and whatever we thought happened in the last three years, I believe it's going to accelerate over the next three. That's what I'm saying. 
that that look what the look what the stimulus did during COVID, right? We went on this crazy bull market and then crazy inflation, right? And so if the same thing happens because of this banking crisis, we're gonna have the same injection of money. Yes, the money's gonna start at the top; it's gonna flow its way down, um, and then inflation is gonna be on a tear again. It's and it's coming back to decimate people. Uh, if that if that scenario happens, right, lower middle class will come back and be decimated. Trey, where are um, you at with Bitcoin? Are you so feeling? The chickens are always going to come home to roost. What does that mean? That's the Texan. I like that. That's right. That's just, that's one of those sayings, by the way, that just Texans just say, and that doesn't, you know, you can't rope two cattle at once. And then you just have to, you like, I can't ask what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Oh, yeah. Two two chickens. We're going to pay the price eventually for all the actions that are being made. You know, you dump a bunch of money in, you turn on the printing press, you can do it, but there's always a reaction. There's always an mm-hmm. increase in interest rates. Or that. Somebody's going to get hurt somewhere, but we always right the wrong. So when we cause these issues, we fix these issues. It's a balance that, that always tends back to the, the medium if we pull the right levers, which we may do quickly and we may do slowly and we may pull the wrong one, but then we pull the other one later. But the other issue that we that it's like taxes almost where you just you keep the train never arrives you keep wanting it to push into the future and we'll kick that can down the road hoping that something changes in the interim that allows us to to win and the problem is is like this something changed in the interim interest rates going up with locked up fractionally lended money in banks at a low interest rate where they can't dump it and get the liquidity back out but we right the wrong is, and I'm, this is the optimist in me speaking. Yeah. You're saying that like, look, nature heals. Right? I don't think people, the U S government's going to heal from yeah. this. I mean, the U S banking system is going to heal. Everything's going to be fine. And, and I completely agree. I think, I think I'm, but you Americans, have to make good decisions in the, in the, in the meanwhile. Yeah. But, but Trey, let's just say, let's just, let me play devil's advocate. Cause I feel like that's my, my job on this pod sometimes I'm kidding, but I am the tin hat no, guy. Kind of like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. You're right. I'm not. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. There is a point in which something stops becoming resilient, though. Right? That's true. No matter no matter of the world dominance, right? Of the, of, there's a point. You can only stretch something too far before it breaks. And I'm not saying we're there, but everyone treats everyone treats our economy, everyone treats the U.S. dollar as that it's it's will always be this way, and you can do whatever you want to it and print as much as you want of it. And blah, 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 because we have the greatest military in the world, and that's what backs up our money, blah, blah, blah. At some point, though, the resilience stops and the rubber band snaps, right? I mean, it just has to in, in a system. And so I just, I get nervous when people talk about it in a cavalier sense, like, oh, it'll all be fine no matter what we do. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. That. I agree with that, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it's when you're cavalier about it in that sense, and they're not thinking through in a process, I agree. But, well, I mean, so, like, look at America was the dominant power for a really long time. And like every dominant player in any type of system, new new players come up and dominant players weaken. And I think we can all agree that on the trajectory, I mean, most Americans, regardless of political affiliation, agree that America is on the wrong track. <laughs> you know, so there if so how, how the country goes, so does the currency as well, uh, I, I think as well. But, you know. This is well, well look, my going favorite. back to Trey, what Trey was saying, like, what is the action from this, right? Lean and means we established that. I think that's good. I gave some KPIs just to kind of get people interested in in tracking where they are, where they've come from, where they want to go and stuff like that. Um, also, you know, getting down to your P&Ls, which is just such basic ass information that the three of us know about and look at. But like so many people just don't look at that. So they don't even know how they're trending over time. And I'm not trying to bring this into boring boring talk. But Craig, you and I spoke during COVID many, many times about, holy shit, we have almost a zero interest rate policy. Go buy assets right now because it is an arbitrage, right? Go buy properties, go buy things, expand, right? Because it's free money essentially right now. Well, refinance your loans. Refinance your loans. Exactly. And so sometimes we do give good good advice. Um, But as I follow people who kind of are, who've made a career of this, everyone seems to be a little bit shaken, meaning they don't really know what's next because there are so many parameters in the air. Um, 
But let's I, let's I would, look. I would just before you move on to another topic. So let's talk to the people that are listening to this right now that over the last two, three years, they're not doing well, despite the rising tide that's helped float a lot of people. So the, the last two years have been very, they, they, their, their practices are, are contracting. When you, you have to take some inventory that if you're, uh, to, to take some under, you know, look at your practice, look at where it's going. If you're not doing well now, it's going to get a lot harder for you. So you a lot of people, you well, there's, there's a lot of people that were doing really well and think they're amazing because they were supported by great economies. And there will be a day of reckoning. When wait, 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 wait. You're saying there's a dislocation between me. People thought they were doing well, but actually it was the economy that was floating them. Precisely. So people, uh, some people think they're amazing and it was right. a good, when, when, they, when the economy is good, we, yeah, when the economy's good, we think we're geniuses mm-hmm. and when the economy's bad, it's the economy's fault. So there's some sort of selection bias. Got it. Okay. We, we conflate our results with just, and, and all I'm saying is that, for those that have had a very difficult time, not because of a personal reason, but the business is not working well. Patients aren't showing up, they're not doing treatment, they're not enrolling, they're not, you have poor systems, it's not going well. You either need to, this is a wake up call to get your systems refined aggressively or consider maybe tapping out. Because I think like if you can't Jesus, like what are you saying? I, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> That's I believe Doomsday. That. Yeah, well, no, I, well, I just think but there's so, a lot of well, how, I, what do you mean by tap out? Well, yeah. Okay, so let me tell you what I'm really saying. If if you not if you're if you have a sloppy business operation and it has not been thriving at all. So whether that new patients, your cult, your team culture, your systems are not on point and you've barely weathered the last two years, when the economy cools, and I think we're all agreeing that these factors point to a cooling economy, it's going to get acute for you. So you could use that pain of getting close to the fire to say, oh shit, I'm going to go to the Bulletproof Summit, or I'm going to hire this coach, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to learn stuff that I never wanted to learn before because it never felt like it was that pressing. Or tap out, meaning like, just look at your options, merge with another doctor. Is there an entrepreneurial doctor in your area? Are you the entrepreneur and your friend is the one that's struggling? You know, there's, there's a way to join forces either not with the, with the DSO or some force of that you could work with to help you. And I think that that's coming. I think it's important to know that it's like, if you were taking on water and you weren't in a storm, you can take on a lot more water when the storm is coming. And I don't think that's doomsday. Worst case scenario. I think that's sound advice, Greg. I do. Well, it's not one well, I want to hear, and it's not one that I want people to kind of. It, it, that's well, let's doom. just say it's. Let's just say I'm saber rattling, and you're like, yeah. "Oh shit! Okay, I'm going to get my 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 shit together. I'm going to get my systems right, or whatever it is. You know, I'm not making just a play for a summit or our mastermind or whatever, but something. You join another group, and you say, "Okay, this could be the year." And you get everything refined. You get your vision straightened out. Your practice is thriving, and it doesn't melt down the economy. What have I done? What what ha, what what poor service have we delivered for somebody? It's just a call to get like like with my the the, the health monitor I'm doing right now. You know, I had that. You know, I, I probably told you both. I had a, my a my hemoglobin A one C elevated a little bit. Doesn't mean shit. But left unchecked for five years, I'd probably have diabetes, and it's a wake up call. I think the same thing. Like we was talking about, you have to be your own advocate for your healthcare. You have to be your own advocate for your finances, and your own advocate and your own your own person in charge for your business. Hundred percent. And this is the this is the call. This is the midlife crisis for a lot of people. Yeah, you're making a call to get your shit done. Yeah, yeah. I think the if, call is yeah. not so much just hey, well, just throw in the towel and surrender. I think it's. It's, well, it's one of the choices. Okay. You're not willing to do the work. It's way down the line, in my opinion, bud. I think it's way down. And I'm not saying it's not there. It is it is the parachute that is there to, to, to maybe save you. But but so many people will, will, will exercise that prematurely, right? If, if they hear you say that. And I think there's so many things along the way that you can look in the mirror and say, you know what? My practice sucks at this this and this and I suck at this and this sucks, you know, and just really be crystal clear and authentic as opposed to being like, no, everything's awesome. Right. Yeah, just get awareness. 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 It's have good self-awareness of where you actually stand, reflect on your abilities and then make choices accordingly. 
and get your shit. And a lot of people are not willing to do the work. No, a lot of people are not. The reason why there's so many drugs that are written by doctors is because people are not willing to do the preventative exercise, diet change, blah, blah, blah. So they get the pill instead. And I'm just saying. I think it's ignorance is bliss, honestly. I know, but this this is, I think we can all agree that it was easier in many ways to be successful over the last economic cycle than maybe the next one. It, was, it, it could be harder for you. This is a good, I mean, th- this encapsulates that. I've always, I was told this and I, I spit this out to everyone in my organization, but the difference between people that are here and people that are here, these people know what to do and get it done. These people know what to do. They just don't do it. Right. And there's a big, exactly. big gap. That's exactly And that what goes to everything, your health, your business, your finances, everything yeah. that you have to take stewardship over. That's that's a good point. And you got it's time to get it done. You're right. Yeah. I, I happen to practice like in, in, in my building. It is such an interesting social experiment to see different people, same organizations, same walls, such different results. And the ones that are getting different results are actually doing the work. And for those that are listening and not watching, Trey was pointing to the people that are high know what to do and do it. And the people that are low are know what to do and don't do it. And that's all I'm saying. I think that right now with, with, with all the things we're talking about, things could get tougher. And if they get tougher, this is a time to double down on yourself. And if you're not willing to do that, know that and don't do it, but then be prepared for other consequences. You reap what you sow. Yeah. There's a probably a Texas saying for that too. What is it? Like I think that is it. Rat, rattlesnake in the boot or something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Peter and I won't question it because if you say it the way you say it, Trey, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 you gonna run with it. Run with it's it. It's a Texas thing. It's a, it's gotta be true. It's gotta be true. Right. <laughs> snake's ass close to the ground. <clears throat> What'd you say, Trey? I said again. There's a snake's ass close to the ground. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. Exactly. Let's move on. We beat that one. Beat that one like a dead horse. All right, so uh, I think we I think we can kind of wrap this. I think it, it, in summary, that's everything. I mean, look, like buckle down. You had a whole bunch of stuff, man. No, look, because I had a lot of random stuff. It's just a, I was trying to give a very glimpse of like the things that are going on, and I just think it's 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 time to be paranoid. And I don't mean paranoid in a tin hat way. I mean paranoid about oh shit, what could happen next? Because I think lean and mean. It's time to get lean and mean. Yeah, or paranoid. I like paranoia. A healthy dose of paranoia is almost the same thing. Yeah. Right? Because it's like what well, Trey, your job I, as a business I, owner to like think about what could happen. I mean, right, you shouldn't over you shouldn't obsess about what could happen because a meteor could hit your fucking building. Do you guys, anyway. Look, but the just three of aware. us were in business. The three of us were in business during the great the GFC, the great financial crisis, right? Of two thousand eight. Right. We were in business before that and business after that. Do you guys, did have you guys ever gone back and looked at historically what happened during that time period to your revenues, your dip? And that was pretty, look, you know, for those of us who went through that time period, that was a very, I mean, people were broke and killing themselves. And like, there was a lot, there was, there was a lot of beat upness in the streets, right? Killing, you know, there was just financial yeah, ruin, yeah. financial ruin everywhere, everywhere, right? Do you guys, have you guys ever looked back and, and saw where you were? Maybe let's call it 2007 yeah. to 2000. Yeah. You have? Where, yeah. How, how far, where, where were you off, Craig? No, so I, I, I've told you this before. Um, we, we, we grew, mm. we grew those years. Didn't you was, just grow a building though? Yeah, no, 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 I, I didn't. So I took over my dad's practice in 2008. Okay. So, and I immediately went on like an expansion journey and hired doctors. So it was like in a growth curve. And then I I merged my, I I bought someone's records and merged into my practice during that time. So I was just stepping on the gas. So it was hard to say. And then there's going to be start, there was probably people that started up in that era. I think it's just the mature. You're not the best data point, you know, because look. Because I was in a growth cycle. Yeah. And there's too many variables going on there, right? Like you took over your dad's practice. who, who It was probably being throttled back also at that yeah, point sure. right and so you kind of unleash that so that's not a very I got good lucky. i got really lucky as well get lucky it's just not a very good example of something that's that from a consistency data point is what i'm trying to get to trade do you have that information I do. do you even do you know so we didn't drop we grew you just you did, your your mic is very low your mic, thank your you mic, you said basically we didn't drop we, we grew we didn't drop 
So from 2000 to 2008, it was a growth curve for more or less a lot of the same reasons that Craig just said. I step in, you have, you're, you're poised for growth, you're running it. And granted, our model is based on something very different than what y'all's is. So, all right. Well, guess what? This example falls flat on its face. Because, well, no, I think it's well, I think uh, important let for me, everybody let me to tell hear. you mind. Let's, Let's tell, say what happened because also too, listen, Trey has a model that's not as elective, right? This is true. Okay. So he is not as uh, susceptible to the discretionary. His, he's got breaking teeth showing up every day. At that time, your model, Peter, and I know this, yes. was very cosmetic, high-end it, cosmetic. Fee-for-service, very cosmetic. You are absolutely right. right. I was concentrated in one genre of dentistry, right? Which, which actually, you know, I, I think I've told everyone from then, I realized the pain from that made me branch off into kind of trifurcate into surgical, restorative, and cosmetic. That being said, I do have data from 2007 to 2000, let's just call it nine at the, at the, at the from peak to trough, if you will, right from the lowest we went down. And so we, we lost about 22%. Of your top line revenue. Of a top line revenue between, okay. right? So it was a 20% fall. So here's where I'm going with this, guys. In these times of uncertainty, I always use that as a reference because I don't think things, I don't think they'll get worse than that or if, 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 if worse, I don't think much worse. So ask yourself if you're listening to this, if you had a 20% haircut on your revenues, <clears throat> what would that do? right? Would it be catastrophic to your ecosystem? Would you be able to be okay for a year or two with that? What would have to happen, right? So Trey, back to your point, the contingencies, would you have to fire someone based on the revenues per employee, per revenue, you know, the, the metrics, would you have to, what would you do? And that's why right. another thing is looking at your model as well. If you knew that discretionary income would go down, would you maybe you have a model where there's no hygiene right now and you just take off like all in X cases and you don't really and you just spend money on those on those types of procuring those patients? Would you want a hygiene program if the economic cycle cooled like, you know, or would you want more of a, you know, a quadrant to amplify that (laughs) personally? I would think you I'm just I'm just saying that all of all X cases in a economic crisis. You do want to stay away from all on X. <laughs> right. What well, I'm just saying that there's certain models that were built. Can you agree, Trey? I would agree, but uh, so to further what the point Craig's making though is I think you should that's I think an all on X model and I'll use you know you have companies that pop up to reap the benefits of the time. Look at you know, right. ERC, PPP, all these. You have p- companies that pop up that will be there to help you along the line. They'll take their cut and they disappear. Right. An all on X model that is strictly all on X is exactly that. Okay. Because that's what you I was can't weather to. the storm on the bottom end. But if you build, look at a, I mean, call it a pyramid, build the base. If you have a right. big hygiene program, frankly, frankly, you'll do more all on X anyway because you're, you're pulling elective, elective services out what of your base. And then when the electric services go away because the economy may dip or, or, or discretionary spending gets pulled back for whatever reason, that space is still there. One so of you the employees and get ready for the next, the next. Well, you're running. building a business on a very broad, solid foundation. I love the, the physical analogy. Mm-hmm. I, my, one of my big errors in the way I built my business was specialty focused. So I built the top of the pyramid without the bottom of the mm-hmm. pyramid. My biggest concern, if you had asked me seven, eight years ago, what's your, what do you want to do? I want to get my oral surgeon, my full-time oral surgeon, as busy as possible. Like, duh. Like, what, what does that do? First of all, the rates that you pay the oral surgeon are so much higher than what the general dentist would get. You're not even making good economics off that doctor production. Whereas at the if you've built a – and I think this is coming to another more clear point – the Whatever happens, if the economy cools, it will be like the tide receding. We'll get to see what everybody's made of. If your business is good, we get to see a lot of people that have had major flex and had huge years. Do they really have what it takes? Mm. Or would they just ride in the top of a wave that now receded? Mm. So that's what that, uh, that brings up. What's the saying? It's when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Yeah, who's swimming naked. Yeah. yeah. That that thing, like that. You know what's funny though about 2008? I remember thinking this as someone who had no money. I remember thinking like, 
presenting treatment and people saying yes and me thinking like, how the hell? Like some people just were not affected. Yeah, there will be locations that are not affected by the yeah. way. Like some know, people so just have them, money but regardless. there's always locations that are not affected. I know. Know? And that's one of the things you got to win. One of the things you, more you now than ever to learn is, Pete, you drop 20, 22% at mm-hmm. any given time, you're 15 years later, but what'd you learn from that drop? Yeah. So and how did you apply that off of a 15 year run to get where you are now? And Craig, you started with specialty. I'm going to get my oral surgeon busy, but how did you learn that that didn't pan out? And now you pivoted and you've built the model. Now you start looking into that world and say, Hey, what I learned from that. And then how do I, how do I make those adjustments to make my model better? You're saying the blessings that happen because of always that. Yeah. a blessing. As yeah, long yeah, as yeah. you weather the storm, there is always, and, and I say that I'm making a big assumption that you are in fact, both you can reflect and you are in fact self-aware yes. what do you guys think huge about? assumption by the way that but for is those that are for those of for those people that are mm-hmm. listening to this right now and they're about to embark on the all x model or the specialty driven model at least it goes in their ear because no one ever freaking told me that and i had to get my ass kicked so there's a way to be like okay my neural surgeon wants to be paid blank you know double digit percent you know this percentage over what a gp would and i'm going to really allocate this many resources to it and there is a commoditization of patients like if you are lucky enough to have a great business that attracts someone to phone it and show up if you only sell one thing to that patient that's a problem versus i can do we can do these five or ten things it's like having a store that only sells one thing if you're an all x model you only sell oil you know oil changes it's like wouldn't it be nice to have the auto shop that your brakes are also looking a little wee, you know, bad here? We can do your oil and your brakes and your, you know, I mean, the oil is probably not a great analogy, but it's just saying that the more trained you are, the more things, the more providers you have that do varied services, the more um, preventative services, your, your businesses, your dental business is more resilient. And I think that the times have allowed people to say, I don't need a dental resilient business. We're getting 30 arches a week. I don't need that shit. Yeah, it's dangerous. That's a good point. That's all I got. That's all I got. I just and that was what I was. That's the reason why Saber rattled and said, "Like, hey, really have that self awareness and really know what you're heading into." Because if you're getting your ass kicked over the last couple of years, you know, beyond the labor crisis and the, the COVID and all that, if you're just if your business has holes in it, take inventory and step on the gas now. If you're that person, uh, invest in yourself. Or yeah. you're saying plug those holes first, right? Right. Be, and that's what I think what we mean when we kind of flippantly say be lean and mean. It's spend some time, dig under the hood, look for holes, plug them, fix some systems that are broken, that have been sloppy, but you've ignored them because we've been in a bear, I'm sorry, a bull market where there's been abundant people signing up for treatment. Now's the time to kind of, you know, also, there's a halo effect too. One last point about culture. I want to bring it to culture for one second. Um, there's a halo effect when there's uncertain times and you as a leader get to be that bright beacon for what you stand for and reminding people that you're doing good. I mean, listen, we're all in the dental business and we get to help people. We get paid to help people. And dentistry is a noble profession and we get to take people out of pain. And when the shit gets real and it gets bad or if it does get bad, you can remind your team of that on a daily basis. Like today we're going in with uncertain times with people coming in and needing to have care delivered and where we get the privilege and the blessing to deliver that care and so the point i'm trying to make is that when you have uncertain times you have an opportunity for your leadership to shine brighter than it would when there's positivity all around it's easy to hold the the helm in a calm sea it's tougher during a storm and you'll be looked at favorably i know that was the, the case for me in covid you know my leadership was probably the same but i felt and it was so much more impactful because people were looking to me for guidance on this uncertain time, and I was there for them, and that's uh, it can create a halo effect. So there, there is going to be silver lining through it if it does come to pass. Or worst case scenario, we're talking a bunch of shit, and history will prove one. You know, this podcast either correct or wrong. But my feeling is this is another nail in the coffin for pain at the cash register for us that we have yet to feel. So sum it all up. You can name the podcast this: Get your shit done. Get your shit done. Yeah. Get her done. As GSD. Saying, that's the phrase in my office. GSD. Get shit done. Yeah. That's one of our values. That's perfect. <laughs> that's a plaque on your wall. It is. No, our, our values spell fight. It's an acronym. And G is get shit done. I love that. That, that is it. awesome. Truth. 
It's the truth. Anything else, guys? We'll wrap this one. And um, I want to end on I want to end on a positive somehow. Yeah, I don't. I felt like I felt like there. I felt like I may have started it with just facts that were kind of doom and gloom, and and maybe <laughs> we're all gonna die. They're facts. <laughs> I mean, how you feel about them is the, is like, the fact. It, was, it wasn't so much clickbaity, but I was like trying to draw a lot of kind of like confluent factors into like, oh look, we got GPT four launching, we got Bitcoin growing, we got banks crashing, we got wars going no, it, on. It's all relevant information, though. I mean, it, it's all those those things are happening. That's current. It events tr- right now. They're, they're tr- it's truth. It's not like but, you were exaggerating it. It's, it's truth. Pete, you asking both of us how did 2007 to 2008 go, and, and you realize that the answer in both of these cases was we grew, mm. is is testament that we are exactly what Craig said. We are a business that that is in healthcare. We have the the privilege and the honor of being able to help people, and our success means people get healthy. And if you always sit back and relish in that, and you always take advantage of the fact that that very few people can say that, right? then go do what you know to do best, which is take care of people. You always, you always triumph. And reminding, getting the chance to remind your team that's what they're doing today because a law of familiarity, they just tend to take it for granted or forget. You know, we, I remember the first time I ever touched a patient in clinic, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I, one day I'll be paid to do this, you know? And then you forget, uh, freaking, I got to do this 15. I, I think we also, well, this is the last thing I'll say. And, and we'll, we can wrap it if you guys want, but I think we also underestimate our ability to change direction. I'm not. This isn't a freedom of direction thing, Craig. This is that we underestimate um, the changes that we, at usually the top of the food pyramid, in our organizations can change. Right? You can look at, for instance, looking at your credit card statements and saying, like, do we really need this? Is this moving the needle? Right? Getting, this is what I mean by lean and mean. Right? Do we need seven employees here, or could we do with five? Do we need all these, right? Do we need all these SaaS services? Do we need all these fees? What is some, having someone being looking at every expense that's coming in, right? Or money that's going out rather and all the money that's coming in and be very diligent about that. And what we track increases and it increases in our favor, right? So if you start getting real shrewd about, do we love this? Do we need this service? And getting real lean and mean in your PL, and then being real directive with, with your marketing and actually bringing revenues in, I think this is what we mean by lean and mean. It's not just a saying that that says like, just do it, right? Yeah, well, just be aware of it. I mean, that is that during is, the worst times of my practice, lean and mean, and we and and we think, what does that mean, right? And everyone kind of gets the idea, but but how? Where's the rubber meet the road when someone says get lean and mean with your dental practice? And and when I hear that to myself, that's what it means to me. It may need something completely different to you guys. But maybe not. <laughs> also, too, uh, I just think that looking at like we always talk about Pearson's law that which gets measured and reported tends to improve. Like the sheer act act of having a scale in your bathroom will have you lose weight just because you're I, measuring I it. You say that a lot. I think that's fake news, Craig. Um, yeah, no, I have a scale in my bathroom. Yeah. I'm still waiting. He hasn't done shit from from. Well, my... you also said fat and happy, so you have an overt atten- you know intention to stay you know fat. And happy. <laughs> that's right. That's a good point. So, um, but I but I do think that many of us and I was talking to somebody just a little while ago and they, they literally don't have, you know, you ask a lot of these dental business owners, what is your percentage for overhead for, uh, what is your percentage for your staff, your salary, your team salaries? They have no idea. What do you spend on advertising? No idea. What do you produce? No idea. So like, it's not just lean and mean just means that know your numbers. Yeah, if you okay. don't know your numbers. You don't own a business. You have to know your numbers and you have to be obsessed in KPIs for everything. Like what percentage of people and oh, on Tuesdays, people accept fluoride more. That's bullshit. That's like yeah. metric dysphoria, but at least know your numbers. Largest number of, of all of our practices across the board outside of taxes, because we all know that's the largest single expense is our team. So the unit, like how much per employee, another way of saying that, just to kind of circle back to that point, is just what's your percentage? I don't care if it's 10 or 8 that do it. As long as it's sub 27% or 25%, I'm happy. And I would always tell somebody in my office before I hired them, somebody else, I'm like, do you need help or would you rather have a raise? You know, or, you know, could you do this job? Because we all have experiences where we lost an employee and never actually backfilled that person. Right, right. You know, like my, I had one that you wanted me to fire a long time, let her remain nameless. But like we took her $90,000 salary and Erica said, you know, we'll spend like 
I think we should spend like 60 of it amongst this team and they can all do it. She wound up like spending 40 of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's super happy. They're all getting more money. And we didn't need to fill that other position. Right. And you just got bloated, right? And that's what I was we saying. We all do. Look bloated. at what Silicon Valley, the same yeah, thing with Twitter. When you have profit margins that are astronomical, you don't know you what to need, do. Oh, hire more, hire you more. You need 300 cappuccino <laughs> machines and an avocado toast maker and whatever else. And, and, and listen, Silicon Valley is the reason why we had to get like, you know, crying pods or whatever or whatever place safe spaces or whatever they have at google like but then the dental office is like okay we need a crying pod too you know because mrs jones could be kind of mean and then silicon valley falls apart and now we're sitting here like what do we do with our crying pod in our massage room but it's these these forces that you know put pressure on us it trickles all the way down like how to have your employees feel loved. I mean, I, listen, I think it's great, but that was born in Silicon Valley. That was born of 7,000% profit margins. We don't have that. We don't have the ability to, 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 to like Facebook, to print money at that magnitude. But employees well, I, like, hey, look what they're doing okay. at Facebook. Uh, that kind of, we've touched on culture in the past on a lot of different ways, but I just wrote something out that I have not actually disseminated throughout my organization. But one of the things is I, I mentioned is culture is not your crying pod. Culture is not your nap pad. It's not your bonuses. It's not any of the events that we do in the happy hours and all that culture is saying hello in the morning. Culture is your, Hey, how are you? It's good to see you. Ask about your kids. It's these small little interactions between people. And that's what creates the fabric of your culture. All the other stuff may further and bolster that fabric, but the fabric is built there. The fabric is something that you don't actually have to spend money on. Spending money protects the culture. Spending money gives opportunity well, it to highlight the, the culture. It highlights it. Yeah. But you can build those things, and those are the important things. The rest are gimmicks, and sometimes mm-hmm. gimmicks work. They help those things. But well, they work the for social media. The gimmick works. The donut picture works for marketing messages a little bit but when the patient shows up they smell it that your culture sucks like you always can feel you a culture is a vibe you know when you walk into That's business definitely a vibe. yeah yeah i mean i went to a restaurant last night and the the waitresses were all awesome and they all worked there forever and there's a great vibe there and the service was amazing and everything was great but it's like the, the same thing that's the reason why corporate has such a hard time it's hard to corporatize culture it has to you can't fake it it's hard That's to true. fake. But I mean, doubling down on culture too is huge. And as a person who provided free lunches for four years, I can tell you that does not work. It actually makes people upset. Yeah. Heaven forbid they get the same thing two days in a row, Craig. Exactly. There's one more yeah. thing I want to talk about. You guys might want to veto this. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'm going to bring it up and feel free to shut it down. I know you won't, you you won't care. You did? Okay, so the other thing is, you know, we talk about um, the recession and cooling economics and local how local affects like it's crazy when we think about like I never cared or thought about conducting business in one geography versus another outside Mm -hmm. of the demographics. If you have money and it's a good community, yeah, open up a dental practice there. But now we have the variable of how difficult and uh, and and challenging it is to practice and be a business in certain states versus others yeah mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like i have friends of mine you're just gonna I'm throw like, shade on california and new york no, i'm not I, just have, yeah. I, I have many friends that say they will no longer do business in blank i will no longer i tried to do a dealership in uh, massachusetts was the last example and it was so abusive and so difficult they're like we're not opening up any more companies there kevin o'leary said the same thing yeah you know, he want, want to invest in companies in california right so it's like doesn't that trickle in as well like you know when like doesn't that go into a decision let's say you're listening right now and you wanted to open in such and such a state does that start to enter into the young dental student's mind that wants to open up a dental practice or the person wants to break out on their own does that go in there as well yeah it should yeah it should, it should. absolutely if you you know unless you there love, are, there are love- a set of rules by which we we live you know some are dictated by us and some are dictated by society and some are are you know laws but you got to play within the rules. And if you want to go and open up multiple practices and have big machines in North Carolina, 
it's a hell of a lot harder to do that than Florida, Texas, or Georgia. Right. So you got to see where you're going and it should a hundred percent factor into the decisions where that you're making. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting. You know, that, that's a shame. You know, that that's a shame that it is that way, though, Craig. Right? It should. Well, I never happen. thought it was like that. I never even knew who my governor was. I never cared about the governor. Right. I never cared about different states. COVID started to highlight it. Like when we were talking to our mastermind, it was like, "Wait, what do you have to do over there? What's going on?" I'm like, "We don't have to do that." But, like, that's- you know, it's like shit. It's it's hard enough, like without government intervention or or regulation and stuff like that. It's hard enough running a business and doing things and managing employees and doing dentistry and making people happy. Right. And now to get like now to get just hogtied with regulations and massive taxes and just these burdens, it's like, right. golly, uncle. Right. Like uncle. Yeah. And so it's just what, it, yeah, it's tough to have, to have that conversation of like, oh, you know what? Everyone should move to Florida or Texas kind of thing. But like maybe that. I don't know. You know speaking to by the, by the way, we I just heard this. We have the lowest state tax, no state tax, lowest tax rate and the highest surplus of any state. We have more jobs in Florida that are available today than before COVID. More, you know, it's crazy. So it's when you're flying crazy. in to figure out from California where we want to move, fly right over Texas and keep Just going, go. keep going go to right. Florida. Go right to yeah. that peninsula. They have jobs. They got a ton of jobs for you. They're ready. They got jobs and a ton of yeah. money. It's so funny though. I always ask people when they move here, why'd you move here? I like the weather. I'm like, what do you think about our politics? Like, oh, we hate it. I just think it's so funny. <laughs> Evidence is the same thing. Well, why'd you move from New York? You know, the weather. I'm like, well, the weather. Else? I'm like, what do you think That's of Florida's tough. politics? Oh, God, a good six it. months a year. Then you, yeah. you need to go buy him a yard sign. I don't know. What am I going to do? Listen, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I think if when you get into the real world, you start to, you know, feel the, the difference between different places. But I just think it's interesting that that factor that never would have gone into my mind. I was actually considering staying in Massachusetts. Um, just cause I, I liked it. I, yeah. I never, you know, I liked it. After when I school, to you mean? Yeah. After school, yeah. I went to, you know, I, I considered it, uh, I considered staying in my town too, in Lexington, yeah. Kentucky. I remember applying and being like, what am I doing? I'm not from here. This isn't my, this isn't my, right, but that was the, that was the limit to my decision was where do I want to live? It never entered into my mind. It is difficult to do business in such and such. A yeah, yeah. It didn't exist yeah. when we went to school 20 years Very ago. It didn't, it didn't exist. It was yeah, no will it be harder here than it is here? Right. Like, that didn't factor like, in. Right? Never, never factored in. <laughs> you know, like you go to like a CVS in San Francisco, it does not look at all like the CVS in in Georgia or rural Georgia. Like the CVS mm-hmm. in San Francisco, everything is under lock and key. Correct. Like same store, same city. Like that never happened. It's just everything's different in different states. It's a very interesting perspective. By the way, that's just my thought. I'd love to hear anybody comment below and let me know if they're thinking that or if I'm just becoming the crotchety old man. And no, you just have confirmation different. bias because well, yeah, exactly. And I just need someone to tell me, like, no, you're way off base, or no, I, we do feel it that way. I do follow a guy on um, Instagram. He's uh, SF Dental Nerd. Uh, I think his name is yeah, Bali yeah, Waz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he's always posting. Like he practices there. He's like, look, here's what's happening. There's this going on my street right now. And it's oh, like, really? oh, damn. like he shows like here's CVS or here's like the bum outside my place or, you know, or this is the encampment. He does a lot of content. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen his stuff too. He's awesome. He's awesome. I think we met him at uh, DIA, Craig, because he's, so yeah. he's part of the DIA. No, you know, he's also uh, speaking at uh, Seattle Study Club with us as well. Uh, no, no, no. ACD. Sorry. ACD. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I was going to say, that's just you rolling to Seattle Study Club. Yeah, did you hear that story? Trey, this is so good. <laughs> I haven't heard this one. So, Bolden. Yeah, here, get one of your sound effects ready, Peter, because it's going to be a good one. So, <laughs> no, not that one, not that one. So, AACD calls me and says, uh, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you when, I'll give you the finger. So, AACD calls me and says, we want you to speak. I'm like, I don't speak without Bolden. And uh, they, they say, okay, no problem. And so Bold and I are speaking at Seattle Study Club uh, the 27th of April. Seattle Study Club calls me and says the same thing. I'm like, A-A-C-D, I think your story's confused. A- you said that about, so I got to ride your coattails on AACD is what you're basically saying. And then right. Seattle, and then Seattle, Seattle Study Club says, hey, do you want to speak? I'm like, I don't speak without Bolden. Like, no, we're not having Bolden. So I'm like, I don't want to do it. And Bolden's like, no, no, do it. It's important. And now <laughs> cue the uh, you know what? We're going to end on 
Uh, you know what? For all the times I said you ride my coattails, I'm gonna let you have that and just shut up and just let it let it be. No, it's I let like it. Be. it. <laughs> it's okay. I like, I like it. It's okay, bud. You know hey, what? We have a very we have a big follower on Tony the Robbins dental Dennis. practice uh, um, Instagram. What? Tr himself is following our Instagram now and gave is us that? a nice shout out on uh, Tony Robbins on um oh. on International Dentist Day or National Dentist Day. They gave us oh, a big uh, yeah. shout out. Do you know what happened, Trey? They reposted uh, Craig and Tony's wife, uh, Sage. They reposted that episode on his channel from the Bulletproof Network. So it got. And you know what changed because of that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you say? I, asked, I called Craig. Yeah, Craig, said, it, it's like, how does it feel? I mean, did everything change? I'm like, what changed? And he, he almost answered a little bit bitter. He's like, no, no. Well, why would it change? The shower that day was a little bit nicer. No one even said anything. I can't even believe this. No, I didn't. I don't care. (laughs) But I wouldn't have expect. I wouldn't have expected anything to change. (laughs) It is cool, and it's an endorsement because I know it's the type of something to be proud of. You bet. Yeah, I mean, but it's also just. It's just you know you don't really. It's it's the culmination of a relationship of a lot of service back and forth, and it's not like there's no, there's no one. I think what I'm trying to say is there's no one move that'll make you successful and no one failure that'll tear it all apart. It's a series of successes that build and make you successful. And it's, Oh God, look what he has. Uh, it's, a, it's a series of failures that make you uh, fail. It's not a one big failure. So um, for those of you who are not watching right now, uh, Peter as his own little insecure flex that he does, he <laughs> under his name on this, on the uh, video right now, he's put founder, and left nothing mm. under my name or trade name. <laughs> <laughs> Just to always put me in my place. No, no, no. We all need Peter Bolden. It's a software way. glitch, honestly. Craig. I don't know why it, it does. It keeps this. happening. It just it keeps, keeps happening. happening. It's real weird. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. Well, buddy, I I can't I wait to do. I can't wait to be the weak link in all of your speeches coming up. And uh, I can't wait either. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be. Yeah, awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Pete. Thank Speaking you, of weak links, cut as well. Speaking of weak links, what happened to uh, Dwight today? <laughs> Where's he at? Going <laughs> to make it? <laughs> All right, guys. This All is right. the hey, hey, nothing, Brooke, This may be one of the, the last final times because Craig is working on a, in a, you know, Trey, I don't know if you've ever heard, but Craig is a very good rapper. He can feel Oh, I've heard, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. We're doing so a good he is working on the new in the new outro and intro we've been we've been a little bit frenetic with trying things out here and there intro this intro that so this may be one of the last times you hear this outro a lot of pressure on you bro it's okay hey hey it should it, it'll be okay all right it's, okay. it's gonna be awesome hey i already heard kind of the, the 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 first draft and i loved it so it's gonna be cool are you are you orchestrating i mean are, are you the performer I'm not the performer. Well, no, I we are the performer. Yeah, actually. Kind of yeah. little little yeah. snippets. Trend. I don't want to give it away, but it's pretty cool, man. Oh it's man, I'm excited. I like it. Yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. Very excited. Very excited. Well, guys, it was awesome seeing you. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, you added, we added any value. Share this with a friend. Like, comment, tell us how much you love Trey. Because review and review. We need some reviews, by the way. Everyone always forgets to review, just like we forget Trey, to ask our generations to review. I like that Texan guy. He's awesome. Yeah, if he's all right. Like, he's all right. If you got if you got 30 seconds, we'd appreciate a review just to keep the oxygen going in the room. Ah, and don't forget, Summit's coming up. Craig, we we don't promote very pretty well. Summit's no, coming up. Bulletproof Summit. We've got it's the uh the landing page is expanding with all the stuff that's happening. Win August. The, the win in August, August, Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, check it and out. And if you're at ACD, come say hi. We'd love to see you. Yes, to you. totally. And if you're at Seattle Study Club, say hi to Craig. <laughs> 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 <laughs>